Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, A New Thing in You, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on January 10th, 2016. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm excited. Uh, We get a new year. 2016 is upon us. Can you believe it? Wow. That's pretty exciting, huh? You guys excited for it? Yes, no, maybe so? All right. Well, hopefully after this morning, um, as God speaks to our hearts, uh, we'll all walk away from here uh, just seeking this new new year and discovering the new things God has for us in our lives. So this morning, I want to start our time together by asking everyone in here a a simple question. I want to ask you right now, what is God doing in your life? What is God doing in your life right now? See, that, that simple question for, for many is, is kind of a hard question. And a lot of times, um, as individuals, we, we go along our day and we live our lives and we don't tend to ask ourselves that question or even God what He is doing in our lives at this point. But I stand before you this morning and I want to tell you and I want to remind all of us that God is always doing a new thing. God is always at work in our lives. When we ask ourselves this question, what does God do in our lives? Usually um, it comes at a time when maybe our circumstances dictate a tough moment or uh, a hard moment in our lives. Um, Usually we don't ask that question when things are good and everything's going well for us. You know, life is good and so we live and, and we're fine and we're dandy and, you know, all is good. And we're enjoying things. And then sometimes life happens and we experience tough moments. You know, over the last year, um, I think many of us could say that that, uh, we had some tough moments in 2015. I think many of us can say that we wrestled through, uh, whether it be relational issues or it be work issues or it be personal issues, uh, we all had moments throughout 2015 that we just kind of sat back and said, what's going on here? What's, what's wrong with my life right now at this moment? And if you hadn't, if you're one of the lucky ones, the fortunate ones, I, I want to kind of warn you a little bit here for 2016, um, that day may come eventually where where life just seems hard it seems tough and you don't completely understand why i'm in this moment right now and and i want to challenge you as as we look forward to this new year i want to challenge you as as an individual to to think about today and ask god what are you doing in my life right now because i tell you the the thing that god is doing in you right now and through you even if you don't acknowledge it or see it today, the great thing about it is that God is preparing you for tomorrow. See, the Bible is very clear that, that life is going to be hard. Life is, is, is a struggle and it's turmoil and it's because of sin. You know, it goes back to the Genesis story. You know, today may be great, but tomorrow may be a little different. But God has some great things in store for us. Well, as we, we begin this new series, A New Thing, what I'd like for us to do is go on a little journey uh, through Isaiah, and specifically Isaiah chapter 43. 
We're not going to cover the whole chapter this morning because there's so much in this context that, that we really couldn't um, give it the time in an hour to, to be able to do that. So I want to challenge you over the next month to, to read through the book of Isaiah. Uh, read chapter 43 in the very least. And ask God, what are you doing in my life as you look at this passage or portion of Scripture? See, in Isaiah, we see God revealing to us His Savior, Jesus Christ. More reference to Jesus in this one book than any other Old Testament book. See, God is doing a new thing at this moment in the life of the Israelites. We have to see as we we read this passage and as we look at this book that this prophet is writing and what he's communicating to the people, they're in the midst of turmoil. They're at a hard place on this journey that we call life. See, our passage today helps us to think about what God is doing in our lives and why he's doing it, why things are going on around us the way they are. So I, I think that this passage that we'll read here in just a few moments will help us to better understand and to better ask this question, God, what are you doing in my life right now? Well, if you would, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to read a portion of it this morning and talk about a couple of specific verses in it as we kick off this new series. But before we do that, will you uh, join me and, and let's bow our hearts in the presence of God. Father, we we thank you this morning for a new year. We thank you for a new day. Father, we we don't know what tomorrow will bring. So today we want to trust you more. Today we want to know and feel and experience all that you have for us. Father, fill us with your spirit. Speak to our hearts. As we read your word, let it penetrate us. Let it cut our hearts open. Let it speak to us in a way that would change us and help us to see the things that you desire for us, to understand what you are doing in our lives today. Lord, we thank you for the grace and the mercy that you show us. And we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you would, in Isaiah chapter 43, we're going to read verses uh, 14 through 21 together. So let's start in verse 14. It says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans in the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down and cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. See, we see here in this passage, God giving his people some reminders. 
He's reminding them that he is at work in their lives. Even in the midst of turmoil, when they think things are out of control and they have no hope, God is reminding them that he is the God of hope. He is their redeemer. He is the one that will bring them to the place that he promised them. And he reminds them of this faith and this hope that he has for them. And he reminds them of this deep love that he has shown for them throughout the generations. Verses 18 and 19 is where we see this great reminder happen. He reminds them of of a few specific things. And these two verses can help us, you and I today, to look at this new year with a new perspective and a new sight. It can help us today to look toward a better understanding of what exactly God is trying to do in our lives, even in the midst of our circumstances, even in the midst of whatever we're facing today. So the question that we have to ask this morning is, what is God doing in my life right now? I want us to understand something this morning that God is always doing something. God is always at work. Whether we acknowledge it or we don't, God is always at work. See, sometimes our lives get so busy, we fill them with things. We have work, we have play, we have all those things that we fill our day with. And it's real easy to lose sight that God is at work. See, if we don't understand what what God's doing in our own lives, how are we going to see it in other people's lives? See, God is always doing something new. See, one thing that we can think about is that in our own salvation, the grace and forgiveness that we found through Jesus Christ and the cross, that in itself is something new. See, we are, we are new creations in Christ, right? That's what God's word promises. That's what he tells us, that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. He has made us new. He has made us whole again. See, we see here in, in verse 14 that he says he is our redeemer. He is the one who brings us to the place of righteousness to right standing. See, we know that, that to be redeemed is to be made new. To be redeemed is to be whole again and have right standing with God. I love what, what the prophet Ezekiel says in chapter 36 of Ezekiel. He says this. I want you to listen to this. It's going to be on the screen too, but I want you to listen to these words. These are God's words. It says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. See, God wants to change our hearts. See, that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's what that's all about. It's about heart change, life change, newness in Christ Jesus. And God wants to give us a new heart. He wants to give us a new perspective, a new outlook. But he's asking us the question, do you perceive it? Do you see what I am doing? Are you acknowledging the things that I am doing in your life, in the life of those around you? 
So that's why we ask the question, God, what are you doing in my life? Because we want to understand and we want to know and we want to live in obedience towards God's will and all he has for us. See, the gospel message is for all people. And if you've experienced, if you've come to that place of understanding the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, I'll tell you, your life will never be the same. It will change you, it will shape you, and it will give you a new insight on life. See, when Jesus says, I came to give us, give people life and life more abundant, that's what he's talking about. So I want to ask you the question, have you experienced the gospel of Jesus Christ? The good news of a loving Savior? Because if you have, then I want you to know God wants to do a new thing in your life. God wants to give you a new heart. He wants to change you and help you to be more like his son, Jesus Christ. See, God is always doing a new thing. Well, this morning... I want to give us a couple of steps that we can take to embrace, to really embrace the gospel, to embrace what God is doing in our lives, to take ownership of what God wants to do in us and through us. And there are many steps. There are many things in our life. But here in these verses, we just see a few things that could be good reminders for you and I. And the first thing is to change your focus. Change your focus and get a new plan. See, we see in the book of Isaiah and also in the book of Jeremiah, we see uh, a people that are lost. They had plans of their own and they thought they were going to do these many things and they they were standing on the promises of God at certain times in their lives and then certain times they kind of strayed away and started to do their own things, started worshiping other gods and other things and doing their own, going their own way. And they found pleasure in all of that. They found joy in all of that. But they lost truly their focus. Their focus had had veered off to the right onto some other things. It's a lot like you and I today. It's a lot like what we do in our own lives today is that we get so focused on things that are not of God, things that are not things that will help us to be healthy spiritually, healthy emotionally, healthy physically. And we go our own way. Well, I tell you this morning, God God is offering you a new day. God is offering you a new opportunity. But we have to change our focus and we have to get a new plan. And that's God's plan. See, in verse 18, God says this. He says, remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. See, it's real easy to get stuck in old habits and old ruts and doing the same things over and over and over and over. What's the definition of insanity? Right? Right? You know, it's it's really easy to do that. I'm just as guilty as the next person because it becomes comfortable and it becomes easy and then we hit those moments where it's hard and then we wonder why and we say... What brought me to this place? Why am I here right now at this very moment? See, God's saying, put away the old stuff. I've given you a new day, and I want to do a new thing. 
I want to help you out of, out of these ruts. See, what happens to us is, is that we tend to, to look behind us, look in the rearview mirror and stay focused on the things of the past. We hold on to the past hurts and feelings and emotions and all those things that, that have happened to us years back and years past. You know, the Israelites at this time on their journey, they were doing the same thing. They were wondering, hey, we had this wonderful place. We had a land of our own and now we're wandering aimlessly and we don't know where we'll be or where we're going or what we're doing. And Isaiah reminds him, he says, don't look at the past. He says, look at today. Because God wants to do a new thing. God has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, We all love that verse, right? See, that's in reflection of, to the place and time that the Israelites were in. That's in reflection of the place and time that you and I are in today. What does God say? He says, do not forget the plans that I have for you. The plans to restore you and to take care of you. See, it's God's promise. See, we need to change our focus and develop a new plan. It's got to be God's plan. God has some great things in store for us as a church. God has a plan for us. And as a church, we want to be faithful and obedient to that plan. And we're trusting that it's not of our own doing, but it's God's leading and that he's setting the path ahead of us and he's setting it for us. So I want to share with you just a few things we believe God is leading us to do in the new year. God's plans for Soul Rio Church this year. Well, one of the things is that we're going to have more what we call membership partnership classes. Um, and the reason why we do that is because... God wants his people to make a commitment to him, a commitment to his people. And our membership class, our partnership class just says that. It says, God, we are here to learn. We are here to discover. We are here to see what you are doing in and through all the other people at this church called Soul Rio. And we want to be a part of that. We want to be in obedience to that. Our 2.0 class that we're going to start again this year, it's a, we're calling it a shape class. And basically, it's just to help each other grow in our faith, to discover how God has gifted us personally, the things that he's given us as resources, as talents and abilities, and be able to use those within the body of Christ. Not only to help each other grow in our faith, but to reach others in our community that need to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. We're going to do more training days. In fact, this month we have one coming up. We have an evangelistic training class that Jerry and Becky are going to lead at the end of this month. An opportunity to to grow in understanding how we share our faith with the community around us, especially in a time, an era, a moment in history when talking or even using the name of Jesus is very offensive. You know, even for our children. I would even challenge you teenagers if you have younger kids, help them to see that, that we can say the name of Jesus and we don't have to be fearful. We're going to start some new ministries here at Sol Rio Church. We believe God's ordaining moments that leaders are rising up, people that understand their gifts, people that understand that they have a heart to minister and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's some demographics there that will help us to do that, some individuals that we can reach within the body to help train and equip and bring fellowship 
in unity as the body of Christ. You know, is a young adults ministry. 20-somethings. They said, I can't come. I told them I was 29, but they, they disagree with that one. I don't know why. But. Then we have a, a, a senior community that's going to gather together to do the same thing. We have a youth group that's doing that. We have real links that are doing that. See, opportunities to minister. God is doing a new thing. He's creating an opportunity for you to get involved, for you to be a part of. You know, one of the things, and I had to put it up there, is one of the things that I'm excited about is that uh, God has blessed us. I tell you what, we don't, we don't have a whole lot, but we have a whole lot. I tell you that. I, I mean, there's no question. We have a whole lot. God has blessed us. Our landlord is giving us a large amount of money to remodel our sanctuary. And I tell you, we're not doing this so that we could show people how pretty we are as a church because we're dirty and we're messy. The reality is that we are sinful. We, we all fall short. And we're not going to give anybody a false perception of that, that, that there is no perfect people that sit in these chairs. In fact, we want more and more unperfect people to come and sit in these chairs. And that's the reason why we're remodeling this because we're going to create more space for more. See, because in the church, in the body of Christ, it's not about these holy huddles. It's not about just us few and no more. It's about us few and many more because God is doing a great thing out there. Right now as we sit, God is working on hearts. He is preparing people that will come and sit in these chairs, that we will have the privilege and the honor and the grace to be able to minister to and to love, just like we've done for one another. So God is doing a new thing. See, this year at Soul Real, we are excited because God is at work in our lives, and we know that he's at work in the lives of the people that sit next to us, and we know that he's at work in the lives of those that we do life with, in our vocation, in our workplace, at our schools, everywhere. And we get the privilege, and it is a privilege, to be a part of it. And this is just the beginning. So we're thankful. See, that in itself, all those things are a reflection of the mission and vision of this church. You know, our, our founding pastor, Dan Lewis, he, he founded this pa- church based on this scripture right here, Matthew 22. It says, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the first and greatest commandment. All, all the prophets, anything that has ever been taught, anything that has ever been said, anything that you will hear from Floyd or Jerry or anybody else, all stand on this command. We will be a church by the grace of God that will love God with all of their hearts and move to love our community just like we love ourselves. Can we agree to do that? Amen? Amen. All right. See, God is doing a new thing. God is inspiring us. He's encouraging us. And everything that we will do will be focused on God's plan. We will take steps 
as God ordains those steps. We will walk through doors as God opens doors. And when God closes those doors, we'll get a new plan. Do we agree on that? I want to share this, this psalm with you. And it's a reminder of what is God doing in your life right now. Psalm 85. I love this because it, it speaks towards newness. He says, will you not revive us again? You know, we, we pray and we think about as the body of Christ, we talk about revival, right? A newness, an excitement for, for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be able to share it, to live it and to be a part of it. The psalmist here, he says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. We will go his way. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. And simply said, let us not turn to our own way. Let us be focused on what God wants to do in our lives. Will you change your focus toward God? Because God wants to do a new thing in your life. Well, the second step we see here that we can take to embrace everything that God wants to do in our lives is to clarify your focus and discover what God wants for you. I can't stress enough. I can't say it in a way that really can't stress the fact that your relationship with Jesus Christ is personal. It's not a religion. It's not about the do's and don'ts. It's about an intimacy that God desires for you and Him to have as someone that He created and He loved. It's personal. It's about you And we have to discover what God wants for for us, for me as an individual. Verse 19 says this. God says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? See, it's like like an exclamation and a question all in itself. It's like, come on, don't you see what I'm doing? Don't you get it? Open your eyes. I am here. He says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I want you to circle the word perceive in your notes or in your Bible. Or if you have it on your Bible app, you can highlight it. I don't think you can circle it on the Bible app, but I know you can highlight it. Highlight the word perceive. See, because perceive is when we know by seeing. To perceive something, we know by seeing it's tangible. And we acknowledge it. And when we perceive something, we recognize it. It's something that we understand. Seeing what God is doing here, He is saying, Be still and know that I am God. He's saying, Pay attention, because I am at work. Watch what I will do. See, if, if we're not paying attention, how can we expect to understand? You know, often, too many times in, in the life of a Christian, in the life of a believer, you'll hear the statement, 
I, I don't hear God. I don't see God. And that, that, that statement in itself should break our hearts. We should be saddened by that. Because if we're truthful about it, it's not because God's not doing anything. It's not because God's not speaking. It's because we're not perceiving. It's because we're not doing the things that'll take to, to understand and be a part of what God wants to do. It's like, it's like saying, you know what, I never get any phone calls, but every time the phone, call, the phone rings, you don't answer it. Is that a true statement that you don't get a phone call? No, it's not. It's just that you don't take the time to answer it. And it's the same thing when we say in our lives, God's not doing anything or I don't hear the voice of God. It's because we're not picking up the phone. Because God is calling. God is reaching towards us. His hand is outstretched towards us. I want to ask you the question. How do you, how do you view your life right now? How are you, when you look at your own life right now, where, where, how do you see it? Do you see the possibilities in your life? Or do you just see the problems? See, because when God looks at you, He sees the possibilities. He sees the potential. He sees the reason and the purpose that He created you. He doesn't see the problems. He knows there are things that he has to work on, things that he has to change in you to work through you. But he sees the possibilities. See, we have to see ourselves like God sees us. See, God loves us. He he created us with a purpose and a plan in mind. Just like he, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, with a purpose and a plan, you, you could say that God is sending you with a purpose and a plan. You were born to this world with a purpose and a plan, and that's God's plan and God's will. Look at the possibilities. Notice what God says here. He says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, right now the the children of Israel, they had a choice. They were faced with a tough circumstance. The world around them was falling apart. The northern kingdom was about to crumble. They were were without a home, a place. They were in the midst of persecution under the hand of another people. And God says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, you and I are no different. God is making a way. He's helping us to see. But what's our, what's our part in that? Well, I have a few suggestions for you this morning to help us see this more clearly, to answer the question, what is God doing in my life? I'll have a few suggestions for you here on the screen. And there are, there are many things that we can do, but this, if anything, can be a beginning for us in the new year. This, if anything, can be suggestions that you can use to apply and start afresh anew with a new focus, a new plan. The first thing is, is it sounds simple, but be in prayer. You know, I, don't, I don't want you to raise your hand 
be honest with yourself. How many of you say you wake up and the first thing you do is pray? Now, I'll confess my sin to you. There's many a days throughout the year that I don't wake up and I look to Jesus first. I look to the shower or to the breakfast counter. Be in prayer. If we want our hearts to be focused on God, then we've got to focus our hearts on God. And the best way to do that is in prayer. Because what is prayer? It's not us trying to sound good in front of a whole bunch of other people and say all the right words, is it? No, it's, it's us being honest with our hearts, our struggles, our desires, our hurts, our pains, you fill in the blank, in the presence of God. Be in prayer. The other thing is be willing. If we want God to do a new thing in our life, we have to be willing to accept that new thing. You know, many of us are creatures of habit. We like to do the same thing over and over because it's easy, it's comfortable, and we know it. And the minute that we get out of that habit, whoa, we get thrown off, right? wait, I'm confused, and then we forget all that other stuff. We forget our deodorant as we run out the door. All that good stuff, right? But we have to be willing to allow God to make that change in our lives. And I think that one right there is the biggest struggle that we face as humans in our sin nature, is the willing, the willingness to be obedient to what God wants to do in our lives. Well, if we're willing, then naturally we're going to be an influence. Be an influence. I tell you what, if you went home today and you made the decision that I'm going to sit in my chair for the rest of my life and do nothing because I don't want to be an influence, I tell you what, you are being an influence. Even in your indecision to do and make a decision, you are being an influence because there's people around you that are watching your life. They're seeing how you live. They're watching your actions. And I'll tell you what, your actions, they speak way louder than your words. I can tell you I love you, but until I show you that I love you, until I make it action, you really don't, won't trust that I love you. See, that's why Jesus came. He took action. Be willing, be an influence. The other part of it is be an example. Be an example. Live your life in reflection of what God's word says. You want to be a good example to the world around you? Take a passage, pick any passage in God's word and live it. If you say, hey, you know what? The Bible says to, to, to don't be anxious about anything, but in all things be in prayer. Live it. The moment you feel anxious, pray. Be an example of what God's word says. And last, is be a partner in the gospel. You think, well, what do you mean by that? Be a partner in the gospel. We have to understand that, that our role on this earth is greater and deeper than any vocation we can do. My role in your life isn't just to share a message with you. It's part of it, and it's important. My role in your life isn't just to, to, to be a friend to you. My role in your life 
is to partner with you for this specific purpose. And my role is to, to do whatever it takes to make sure that we fulfill the Great Commission. Again, the mission and vision of the church. And every church in every country and all over the world should have the same mission and vision. It's the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And as a partner in the gospel, we go out to all the nations and we share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we baptize, we teach, and we help people to be obedient to the Word of God. You have to do your part in that. You have a role to play in that. God is preparing the way. You have to be obedient to that and take those steps towards that. The great commandment and the great commission. God's going to prepare the path for us. God is preparing the way even as we sit here and speak and listen and hang out and think and discover and wonder to ourselves, what time does the football game start? I hope he's done soon. Getting close. See, I I love what he says here. He says, I'm making a way in the desert. You hear what that's saying? God is telling you and I that I'm going to make the way. You don't have to. He says, even in a land where there's, there's no fertility, there's nothing around you that is new. It's barren. I am making a way. So right now in your life, if you think that there is nothing going on, God's not doing anything in your life, He's saying, no, I am. I am making a way for you. Even if everything looks desolate around you, I am preparing the way for you. See, the picture that God is drawing for you and I is that He is able to transform what we would see as wasteland, what we would see as useless, even in our own lives. God is preparing a way in the desert. Listen to what 2 Corinthians says. 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this, coming, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, God is doing a new thing daily. He is transforming us. He is changing us. So what is God doing in your life right now? Well, the last and and the most important step, I think, is just simply this. Commit yourself to God. Make the commitment. You know, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you said to yourself, I'm going to exercise more this year? It's usually the number one one, right? Usually. And uh, for Christians, probably the number one is, I'm going to read my Bible more this year, right? Well, I tell you what, whatever you've decided, whatever you've committed to, if you're truly going to commit to it, then I want to challenge you to do this. Don't say, I would like to. Because the things that we would like to do, we will probably never ever do. I want you to change your, your vocabulary to this. When you make the commitment to follow God's plan, I want you to say this. I want you to say, I am going to. Because when we say, I am going to, 
that's when we're more likely to. Because if we like to, you know, you can ask my nephew Carlos. I tell him every week I'd like to learn the guitar. And I haven't gotten past two chords. But he's patient, thank goodness. So now I have to say, I'm going to learn the guitar. One day. (laughs) You caught that, didn't you? Sorry. Commit yourself to God's plan. Isaiah 14, verse 24. Listen to this. It says, The Lord of hosts has sworn. He's made a commitment. Do you hear that? God has made a commitment. As I have planned, this is God's word, this is Him speaking, as I have planned, so shall it be, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand. See, God's faithful. God's committed. We have to commit ourselves to God's plan. See, God has already set forth into motion a new direction and a new purpose for your life. The question is, will you commit to Him? Will you choose to follow His plan and not your own? Psalm 95, 7, 8 says, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you hear His voice, If you hear God speaking, do not harden your hearts. Listen, perceive, understand, and know that he is God. What was he close this morning? In the bottom of your notes, I left you a passage in Daniel. Daniel's at a time, much like we're in a time in our country right now in the state of uh, turmoil. We've all gone our own way. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. The world around us seems hopeless. But Daniel prays this prayer in Daniel 9, verses 3 through 6. Because of all the wrongdoing of all the people, he prays it on behalf of everyone, including himself. And this morning, as we close, as we bow our hearts to God, I want to challenge you guys to pray this prayer. Whatever the past was, Whatever last year held, I want to I want to challenge you to let it go. Don't sing the song. I know you wanted to. I want to challenge you to let it go and look to what God wants to do in your life in this new year. Because I, I promise you, God wants to do a new thing. The question is, will you be aware? Will you acknowledge it? And will you trust it? Let's pray together. Father, we we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the word of God, your word. Lord, we, we thank you for a new day and a new opportunity. Lord, our prayer is that, that we would make 2016, this new year, a year that not only would we know what you are doing in our lives, but Father, that we would make it a year that we would be more committed than we ever have before that we would turn our hearts and our face to you, Father, that we would look to you for everything and that we would acknowledge you in and through everything, Father. Lord, you know our hearts and we ask that you would search them this morning as we, as we seek to discover the things that you're doing in our lives, to just seek to discover the things that, that are currently in our, our lives today that, that you don't want in our lives. Father, 
help us to, to know the plan that you've set in place. Help us to be faithful and courageous in that plan that you've set in our place. Lord, we, we pray that you would forgive us of our sins. We pray that you would wash us and cleanse us from the stained cloth that we wear, that you would give us a new robe, a white, clean cloth that we can wear daily so that we may live in in your righteousness, in your strength, and in your love. Father, forgive us because we have gone our own way. Lord, but also remind us that our sins are forgiven. Remind us that, that because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, that we don't have to live in our past, we don't have to dwell on the hurt and the pain of last year or last week or even last night. Father, that we have a new day, a new opportunity, and we have new life because of your Son, Jesus Christ. And today, we will begin living. Today, we will live for you. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you, and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You are invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.